Mm-hmm. They'll actually like put that on you. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Like that was just something crazy that I was thinking about because when you brought up, I guess minorities not really encouraged to um, speak about their mental health. Yeah, mental health. That's crazy. Well, they don't have anyone really to go true. to in well, their immediate circle. True. Well, I mean. Besides that, the people that they're supposed to go to first, their parents don't accept it. So all of a sudden, there's they feel like, you know, they probably don't talk about it with a lot of people. And they probably take it out on their friends or act out or, like, are different or, you know what I'm saying? Because they don't know. Like, they don't mm-hmm. know. And also, like... And that it goes with their self-esteem at an early age, too, you know? True. I mean, even access to medical care, like, proper medical care, knowing finance, like being literate, literate financially is also a big downfall that minorities have too. Because mm-hmm. they go into these mental hospitals, it's like you have to go to a mental hospital and they ask you for your insurance and all that and it turns out you can't afford it but you just try to kill yourself mm-hmm. and you can't be home alone because you will kill yourself. Mm-hmm. Or you just od or you just, you know, you're a struggling alcoholic and you're trying to get off but you got the shakes and you're sweating and you need meds to like transition to so- sobriety. You mm-hmm. kind of need assistance for that. That's medical, yeah. okay. and them not knowing anything about how fin- like the healthcare system works, how it's kind of a scam and a business. Mm-hmm. They're gonna go in and get into debt, and it's just a cycle and it's a mm-hmm. system. So I can speak on this because I've been to a psychiatric hospital mm-hmm. and I stayed, and I um, also volunteered at psychiatric hospitals, mm-hmm. and I've been like a big participant in like mental health, mm-hmm. like meaning group therapies, going to therapy, trying like different types of therapy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just have like this diverse palette of the types of mental health services available to people, and I've never really <clears throat> talked about it. So I'm just like, why, why not? not? And I'm a minority. And my family never talked about it. Mm-hmm. And when you think back and you start educating yourself and you're like, oh, shit, m- mental illness actually runs in my family. This can be genetic. You mm-hmm. know, if you That's knew exactly that right. from the beginning, mm-hmm. for example, one of my, my um, relatives, they struggled with intense ADHD their whole life. So mm-hmm. they couldn't focus. Mm-hmm. And they were smart, but they couldn't focus. Mm-hmm. Now at the age of 27, because I went to therapy, they're like, oh, you know what? Let me go try. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just need Adderall, and I can actually be a functioning member of society. Mm-hmm. Like, And imagine if they had had it in middle school. Because mm-hmm. yeah. you're right. It took a big toll on self-esteem and what mm-hmm. you can achieve. And mm-hmm. overall, just better experience of life. Yeah. So... I don't know, you know, we think of mental health and we think if it's something so far away from us because it's so in our heads. But yeah, how exactly. Do you, how you dissect between those thoughts in your heads, the, the constant chatter and your true desire. So, like, you know, evaluation that. that's given to everyone mm-hmm. to, you know, figure out where they stand. Mm-hmm. It's all based on these other metric systems of how well you do in school or how intelligent you are, quote-unquote, based on, you know, your SAT scores. I feel like there should be a mandatory evaluation for all kids. I mean, especially in this day and age, right, where we have so much going on and mm-hmm. there's an abundance of stimulation. Now, see, the problem emotion. with that is once they do evaluations, they're all, like, and they diagnose your kids with something, then you need what medicine? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Well, so at least like, you have an understanding of where you stand. At least you know that you have a problem. That's I think. What she was I think there like, needs to be a like. There's like, no conversation about knowing that you have a. Problem. I think mm-hmm. included into the education system, something that people don't think about or talk about that I've never really even thought about is there needs to be some sort of level of education for the parents. There needs, needs to be some sort of classes requirement for the parents that teach the kids, like that teach the parents how to deal with their children when they act certain ways and educate the parents. 
like because that's something like even if it's something that happens like once a semester or like once uh, uh, every six weeks or whatever mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying like I feel like that would really help um, at least the parents get an under the teachers get an understanding of who the parents are number one you know what I'm saying because like there's things that go on in the household that you know like hey there's Fuck them. They're but, bad parents, you know what I'm saying? But most of the time, like, we're talking about minorities here. We're not talking about everybody who comes from a a, a pair, like a non-divorced household where mom and dad lives there. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's one mom with four kids. Um, oh, yeah, for is sure. Is she going to have time to go to these classes? Is oh, that something true. she's going to think about? And mm-hmm. that's why hey, minorities Hey, but look what we're doing during the quarantine. Like, they expect kids to work at home. Why can't, I mean, the, the parents can't get on a phone call or, like, a conference call? Once I mean, a, that's you know, true. But I think that it's more about the culture I think it's more mm-hmm. about a belief system than it is yeah. about education because that's only part of it is the education mm-hmm. when you're in a hole you're not thinking about a class well I'm talking about depression when you're in a hole you're not thinking about things logically so no, that sure. relies your on your belief system to be happy right yeah to be better and what does that mean for some people who are deep like maybe they'll turn to addiction or they'll turn to something mm-hmm. just for the moment and that's yeah. like something emotional that you mm-hmm. have to touch on and there's like that's why that's why I kind of like had branched off into creation when I had said that because mm-hmm. it's a learning process, right? When you're creating, it starts from an emotion, yeah. and then it turns into something logical. Mm-hmm. So and that's the same thing with learning anything. Sorry to go back to your <laughs> point though, um, you know, the when when people are in that state of mind, uh, there's a reason why these entertainers and these influencers are popular because they tap into that escapism slash emotion entertainment uh, world where you know, kids look up to them for to escape their realities, and the bigger that these people get, I feel like the more disconnected they get with what they're actually doing, meaning they don't factor in, in most cases, the amount of influence they have, and I've even, you know, seen it gone as far as um, they claiming that, you know, we're not therapists, like yeah. we just do entertainment for you, but you don't realize that you have so much influence, you can literally get these kids to do whatever mm-hmm. you yeah. should take that position step away from entertainment and try like start educating them start helping them out in a way if you can you know what i mean i think that's where i diverge like my ability to transmit a, a message via mm-hmm. video via mm-hmm. podcast mm-hmm. in a way that is universal and i think about the things that i wish i had known Mm-hmm. You know, and oh, yeah. I always try to be that type of person in front of the camera because really what a celebrity does and what an influencer does is they feel it for you, right? Because you don't feel it and you don't, and you're not experiencing it you or you don't know how to, to and you see it in someone else. And that's why they idolize them and all this stuff because yeah. that's Looking what they want. Cody. Look at what mm-hmm. he did. Yeah. Just made everyone feel like it was okay to be like that mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. make people feel empowered and. That's why he has a core following that loves him. Like, he can't do anything wrong. Yeah. You know? And if we had more people taking that approach, he may, he might have missed out on mainstream money. He might have taken a step back from, you know, doing commercialized shit and running up the numbers and being even more uh, wealthy than he is. And just stay true and authentic himself, to yeah. what his message was and who he is. And that's why he's loved and respected more than all these... Which know, means way more than the mainstream money to me. I would rather, it does. I, would it, rather I mean, it's be, a different currency as well. I would rather be love. slightly smaller and have, you know what I'm saying, nothing but love and just like that, that respect around everywhere around me. You know what I'm saying? Like it's the impact, though. It's like it's like the difference between like, no, nah, I'm not gonna say any names. But, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, I mean, say it. Who cares? I mean, I feel like that's like the difference between like 
Kobe and like somebody that you know nobody really respects too much as far as like like when you they walk in the room it's just like oh you used to do that thing you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying like no, they don't really remember you because of the work ethic or how you you know what I'm saying like if you really put your all into something like people will remember you and they'll respect you it's different though because or you're you authentic have enough, to what you have yeah you have, we have enough of a large amount of like pool of people that you can have these core followings you can have you could literally confirm your own bias if you choose to you can have a following of people that idolize you you could if you want to be a cult leader you can do that mm-hmm. if you want people to fuck with you um environment people to fuck with you you can for sure that. it's just yeah you just have to be authentic to your message yeah. Yeah. but if you can reach yeah. uh if you can reach everyone and make these complex topics taboo topics in some cases universal if you can make them something that people can understand easily it's not too complicated why are certain things complicated because of um the words and the phrases and and the informational advantage that uh, lies within these topics Mm-hmm. There's no reason for certain people to be making billions of dollars just because they know certain things. Why can't everyone know those things? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's really interesting the idea of cult leaders because they literally confirm their own bias and look what happens when you believe in yourself. That's such a twisted way to like look at the power of your mind, but that is how far it goes when you really have that relationship in your head, mm-hmm. right? Um, I just kind of wanted to shed light on my experience at a psychiatric hospital. I feel like sure. people might be interested and also people might relate. Um, but I was in college and I was going to a really good school and I had a lot of pressure on me and I was in an abusive situation um, with someone who was really malicious. And every day it would be like an attack like of some sort. If it, was, if it wasn't, it was never physical, but if it, anything else but physical, it was some kind of mental attack. So when you get into a space like that and you're in that space for like a year or two, it starts to become like a, a way of thinking, like these cult leaders, like they kind of get you into this system of belief. So when someone is giving you a system of belief like that and you start really believing it, you can start getting into whatever place they lead you. And I was getting into a place where I wanted to, um, I guess I won't prevent any trigger warning, like any triggers. So I'll just say I was in a really dark place and I knew something was going to happen if I didn't try to help myself because I was hearing how I was thinking and I was like my wise mind the one that watches your thoughts was just like this doesn't seem right so I I got myself into therapy that one morning at my university it was 8 a.m. and I told this woman everything that was going on and I just remember seeing her face and her eyes just like she just she couldn't tell me anything because she knew that I was so far gone and she was like, we can't let you leave because you're at risk for yourself and your own life. So they're like, either you stay here with us, but we're not letting you go home. And I was like, I said it out of grief. I was like, I wish I could just go away. I wish I could just like disappear and go to those places that you see in the movies or that she, like, kid. Just, or yeah. And I was just like, I just want to go. I just need to get better. She's yeah. like, you can. And I was like, what? You know? And I mean, this was, I just woke up and before my class starts and I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to go have therapy session today. I'm going to go to school and that's going to be what my day is. No. Mm-hmm. She's like, either you have somebody take you to the, to the psychiatric hospital or we have to escort you in a police car. And because you're a risk, they have to arrest you. Based mm-hmm. on what you told her. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Because they didn't know what I was going to do. Mm-hmm. But that's right. That's a right precaution to take because there is states of psychosis where you black out and you do things that are not you. So 
that, whenever you have a general diagnosis like that, they just put you for free game. So if mm -hmm. you didn't have someone to take you, you'd be arrested and go. Mm -hmm. Luckily, I had my roommates, and they dropped me off at this hospital. They take your phone. They take your clothes. They take everything. Mm -hmm. They give you a gown. Um, all the doors are, like, none of them are full doors. Mm -hmm. They're, like, slanted at the top. So just in case someone tries to do something to themselves, it's always accessible. You can always get in. A nurse can always come to you. Mm -hmm. There's no locks. There's no anything sharp. You can't write with a pen. You have to write with just ink. Like, Were you in there with people or solo? I was in there with people. And I remember when I first arrived, they were you're just like a number when you arrive. You're just mm -hmm. like a number. And you can be in any type of emotional state, but still you're the same when you sit down at that desk with the paperwork administration next to you. So have you done any drugs? Have you ever done this in the past? Just check in and you're having to admit all of these dark mm -hmm. things about yourself to a stranger just for them to check it off in a box. Mm -hmm. And it's like, how is this going to help me? And a lot of people feel that way when they go to mental health services. How, how is this going to help me? Because mm -hmm. that's how they approach it. But there are people who care within the mental health system. And after I got past that barrier, getting in, they put me in a chair and I sat there for just 30 minutes and watching all the people in my unit because it's like a whole floor dedicated to your specific diagnosis. Every floor in this hospital was a range of different things and you're clustered with people most like you. Mm -hmm. So I was with people with depression, anxiety, um, overdoses, alcoholic addiction, stuff like that. So I was just sitting there in this weird reality where like everybody's just either crying or like on drugs or like somehow just out of it. Everybody's just kind of in their own wave and you're in your own shit and you're just sitting there and like it is just such a weird feeling mm -hmm, i've yeah. never felt so displaced in my life really mm -hmm. but as the days went on i started to feel way more sane how long were you there i was there for four days i was there for four days and three nights and <clears throat> i remember the person that i was experiencing this abuse with i actually called them and told them they're the reason and they got mad at me. They got mad at me. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine getting yelled at when you're already... You're, you don't have even the clothes on your back. They took, out, they took it off. So it's just like, that was such an eye-opening experience. Because not only did they, these people want to help me, but I saw what it looked like when someone was not helping me. Yeah, yeah. And that's like the biggest thing. And that's when I started to realize, oh, you know what? This mental health stuff... It can help you like oh mm -hmm. like i don't need medicine i can just get a different perspective you know what i mean mm -hmm. or you could avoid therapy avoid like therapy. i don't need it yeah you know i can just work out and focus on other things and even if you're a crazy. sound individual mm -hmm. therapy somebody to observe your thoughts with you it's just like collaborating on a project honestly it mm -hmm. just helps you grow and see things in a different perspective so even if you're not depressed it's still a good way to check yourself mm -hmm. and see what what your tendencies are mm -hmm. i'll say i'll leave off on this um on my experience I remember I had roommates and um the girl who came in she had just gotten off of um alcohol poisoning so mm -hmm. she went from one situation to another she was coming down to a, a position where she's more stable physically but she would have the shakes and I would see her sweating and she was cold and like all of these weird things so she would take meds and um it was just it was just interesting to see somebody have a different problem than me but still we understood each other's pain in the same way yeah I mean it was just a really it was a really grounding experience to be around people who are not afraid to talk about it 
who understand you and who are there to help you. And after I got out of psychiatric care, I finished the school year. I didn't have to do that again. Imagine that though, like being a student, taking four days off of class, like right when finals are about to hit, and then having to go and explain to each of your professors, I went to the psychiatric hospital. I'm sorry I didn't turn in my fucking homework, you know? Yeah. So, but it was it was a very eye-opening experience and I just, I think any stories like mine need to be talked about more because not only do I look normal now and not only do people perceive me as somebody who maybe has it all together, but I had such a dark time, mm-hmm. right? And if people can see that I'm I'm stable now, they should see that their problems, yeah, their problems have a solution. Their yeah. problems are not, they're not forever. Yeah, they're not everything's forever. temporary. Yeah, it's a hundred percent. Yeah. How did you, um, how did this come about? You know, what were the things that put you in that place? Because I feel like highlighting that is important. One, for the sake of relativity, where someone can relate, and two, for the sake of just helping someone understand, you know, the way you were thinking. It just makes it more clear for the people if you want to talk about that. Sure, for sure. I practice being super objective with my thoughts because of that experience. Because you develop thought patterns you don't even realize. And they're starting to attack you every day. And once you become objective with it, then you can catch it. So looking in hindsight, the things that I I started to talk to myself about, it was like negative self-talk. And it was just, it was just a... It was just a thought in the beginning, but then it became a belief at the end. So I guess there's just a difference between the two. Mm-hmm. And I was definitely telling myself things like, I'm not good enough. I'm not doing enough. I'm not going to go anywhere. I'm worthless. Like these really self-degrading thoughts. Mm-hmm. So it was just like that, but on on everything and like on everything I ever thought, it would just be accompanied in the back of my line, my mind like, why the fuck did you just say that? Or why the fuck did you just do that? And just beating yourself down every time. Yeah. But that grows, right? Because it's just a, a thought in the beginning. Because somebody made you feel that way. Right. And if you're really close to that somebody who's being that abuser, mm-hmm. then it's like, it starts to become true. It's just like, oh, this person is reflecting it to me. Like, obviously he's confirming that, yes, my thoughts about me being not enough are real. So that's how it came to be into this whole. It was just like a... It was just a thought in the beginning, maybe a suggestion, maybe an f- emotion, yeah. and then it turned into that is who you are. You started so, believing it. Yes. You started living, operating like that. Yes, in every way. But what, what I'm sure there's other factors to it, right? Because uh, when someone provides you with that thought or puts that thought in your head that you're not shit or whatever, they treat you like you're not shit or whatever it is, I'm sure there's other factors where it snowballs into what it becomes because I don't know I mean it depends on the person obviously but if someone were to do that to me uh, when I was already down I was already down because of a different reason and then someone doing that to me put me in a different place no sometimes I feel like um, the people closest to you um, can do it without knowing and you can it can put you in a position where um you don't really have anybody else to talk to because you're such at a young age. And so um, 
it's not it's it's a matter of your surroundings and if there's way more negative than there is positive and you don't have that positive you don't have that somebody to tell you hey don't listen to anybody none of them have any idea who you are yes. you are your own person you are okay <laughs> we're, we're good you know what I'm saying like if it's a lot of people a lot of kids don't have that you know what I'm saying Negativity. And, and so for years, from from t- from you know eight years old to fifteen years old, like just like that, you know, kids' lives fly by, and like um, you know, between you know the years of like six, seven, eight years old, you're already learning. Like you're already seeing the people around you. You're seeing you know what you talk about. You know more of like a social hierarchy, right? You see the kids that are dressed better, the kids that are, mm-hmm. whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like you can tell the difference. Uh, middle really school, is. high school, and then like the beginning years, and like a lot of parents are so caught up in their work, or they're so mm-hmm. caught up in what they're doing, mm-hmm. or they don't understand how much attention a kid really needs, or what mm-hmm. kind of attention their kid really needs, mm-hmm. and they're so quick to just throw off electronics, or let them do their homework, <laughs> or make them study, because not only one is do they feel like they're doing the right thing for their kid by educating them, or by letting them do what they want for fun, but it's le- way less work for them. They can they have time to do what they want. And it yeah. goes right in hand with how young our parents are, too. And, I was just going to say that. And with the lack of patience of our generation. Everybody's so young, and they feel like they want everything right now, but they don't remember they have kids, and they have all kinds of things that, you know, are not going to stop for them. Now they have to put their lives on hold. But, you know, and then, you know, it goes into the mental depression of the younger parents because then the, exactly. mental depa- the parents feel like they're on this time thing and that if they don't have things fast enough or their friends that don't have kids or their friends that do have kids that have things like you know they should be taking they these trips and by the time and then five years goes by their kids lives and they spent their money on who knows what and they have nothing to show for it and or whatever you know what i'm saying like there's a lot of people in that middle class that fall into that category i feel like it's important in a within the same nuance to go through stuff like this i think it's important to have experiences like this um because a lot of people that have all their variables, all their boxes checked, you know, perfect parents, uh, stable household, no divorce, none of that. They have, um, you know, they have uh, support from p- parents, support from people. They're cool, they're popular, they're higher on the hierarchy, whatever it may be. They often end up falling down pretty hard. They mm-hmm. often end up with a lack of perspective. They don't understand how the world works, they think the environment that they're in or the environment that they grew up in is everything and then they have a false sense of entitlement and we see these people all over the place where they had no hardships and then they have this perspective that is extremely flawed and I feel like it's important to go through this but in a supportive manner where you have some sort of a some sort of a guidebook or manual to, you know, so you don't end up in, in that dark of a place where you want to end your life. Yeah, and I think that's, like, on the opposite end of depression. Not opposite end, but, like, it's, like, the counter, um, you know, the opposite side, like, the polar opposite. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know how to explain it.